This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, October 2nd. I'm Gavin McGough. And I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, measuring up the ballot, question 2A. Smart to add Montrose bus route. G is for government, previews, Telluride Town Council. And a mountain weather forecast. On Mondays, in the run-up to the November election, Koto News will be covering this year's ballot initiatives. This week, we have a profile of Ballot Measure 2A, which addresses funds from the town's lodging tax. You're likely somewhat familiar with TABOR. That's Colorado's Taxpayer Bill of Rights. It protects the interests of taxpayers in the state and has a set of rules applying to any new tax introduced in Colorado. In 2021, voters in Telluride approved a new tax. They voted to end the county's long-standing tax on hotel and vacation rental bookings and replace it with a lodging tax specific to the town of Telluride, recalls town clerk Tiffany Cavanaugh. So that passed in 2021, and part of TABOR requirements is that when we go to the voters for TABOR, we have to estimate how much revenue we think that we'll collect in the first year. The town put that estimate at a million dollars and considered that number generous. It actually expected to collect somewhere closer to $700,000. Then, lodging in Telluride had a banner year, says Cavanaugh. And... We actually collected $163,598 over what was estimated. So Tabor requires that when it's in excess of the estimate that we have to return to the voters and ask if we could retain that. Here enters the new ballot measure, 2A. It asks voters if the town can keep that roughly $160,000 surplus. Historically, the county's lodging tax was directed towards marketing Telluride as a destination. The new town lodging tax, which replaced it, uses that money for a more diverse set of projects, Kavanaugh explains. Instead of the sole purpose for that lodging tax, council was interested in being able to use that revenue for other things like affordable housing, the wastewater treatment plant, transportation services, things like that. So that was kind of the impetus behind that. If voters allow Telluride to keep the excess funds, they'll be used for that diversity of town projects. Then, says Kavanaugh, If the voters vote no, then we would have to go back to town council and decide a way to basically make up that excess revenue to the community. It's not that we would search for the lodgers that stayed during that time and provide them a refund. And it's also not giving like a $50 check to each registered elector in the town of Telluride. The town could perhaps lower the sales tax for a few months until the $160,000 is quote-unquote returned to the community. Other communities in this situation have opened a town facility, such as a town pool, free of charge for a few months. The exact form of the reimbursement would be up to the town council. Ballot issue 2A comes before Telluride voters this fall. This story is part of KOTO's election coverage. It's budget season in San Miguel County, and governments, nonprofits, and organizations are thinking finances for next year. The San Miguel Authority for Regional Transportation is no different. Included in its 2024 budget, SMART is planning to add a new bus route. We do have a new route. Um, slated for starting um, next year, and that's the Montrose to Telluride route. Um, The timing of that is completely contingent on when our buses arrive, but we will have money in the budget to do that. 
um, at a basic level, sort of one round trip a day. That's SMART Executive Director David Averill. SMART currently operates commuter van pools between the communities. Averill notes SMART has been planning to add a Montrose bus route for some time. It's been in our plans for a number of years to go do this on our own. Um, in the last strategic operating plan, it's one of the last projects that we've identified there. Um, and I feel like we're in a good position to do it at a pretty basic level, right? Like this one round trip a day um, kind of thing. And, you know, we're, we're putting in for the capital. We got the buses for it, but we can use those on other routes, too. It's not like they're exclusively exclusively dedicated to a Montrose route. While Averill says SMART will initially fund the project fully, he hopes Montrose, either town or county, will contribute in the future. I think they want to see the proof in the pudding before they're willing to put some skin in the game. Um, sort of what I've been told in not so many words <laughs> um, and sort of reading between the lines in those conversations. So I have a feeling that once we get it going and there's demand there um, that maybe we can't meet because there's such demand there, um, that at that point, that is a great opening for us to go to Montrose as a town or the county. And honestly, the first thing um, that I would offer up to them is a service contract to add more service to what we would already do. We could do something with, with Montrose County or Montrose very similar to what we did with RICO before RICO was a member government, which was we just had an annual agreement with them to do a set amount of service with our vehicle. And they paid us cash up front to do that. Smart board member Mian Fee supports adding the route, noting she would like to see Montrose pitch in financially. Since since obviously those those shuttle runs are, you know, that's our workforce. And so they are sort of making, they're earning their dollars here and then bringing that back and generating tax revenue for yep. Montrose. Just as we continue to grow and prioritize what we're doing, um, you know, just at least as a funding partner and maybe not necessarily, and maybe it is just as an operating agreement. Yeah. Um, it would be lovely to, to have them as a part of that. Smart's board unanimously supported adding funding for a Montrose Telluride bus route in the 2024 budget. Scheduling of that route will be determined at a later date. Telluride Town Council is meeting this week with short-term rentals, the budget, and water on the docket. In this installment of G is for Government, Council Member Geneva Shawnette shares what to expect. Hey Geneva, thanks for joining me for another installment of G is for Government. Always a pleasure, thanks for having me. So Telluride Town Council is meeting again on Tuesday, and there's kind of three main topics that are going to be um, happening throughout the day, starting with some budget conversations. You have two work sessions, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, that are specifically budget-focused. What are those talking about? Yeah, so with budget season, we try and break up the budget into multiple categories. We've already discussed the general fund and the capital improvement fund uh, next uh, in the morning, we're going to discuss uh, enterprise funds. And enterprise funds are basically sections of the town's budget that operate like businesses where we charge for services provided and then uh, on the expense end execute those services. So some examples of that would be the parking fund, like where we get money in from parking meters and use that money to help build more parking or the water fund or uh, rental affordable housing projects where we collect rent um, that sort of thing. So that's just a normal discussion that we have every year regarding the enterprise fund budget for next year. And then after that, we are going to be discussing 
STR business license fees and a potential regulatory fee. This is sort of the uh, final work session we're going to have uh, potentially about these the, these specific types of business licenses and uh, fees associated with those. And then in the afternoon, you're potentially going to be voting on um, the the outcome of the STR work session and the many others that y'all have had um, earlier this fall and summer. Yep, absolutely. We will hopefully be coming to a consensus and voting on what the, those new fees will be. Um, we will also have a work session, a separate work session in the afternoon uh, that regard that is pertaining to business license fees for non-short-term rental business licenses. And those fees haven't been um, up since 1996. So we're going to be looking at um, you know, what kind of fees restaurants or construction businesses or you know, any manner of other business licenses that are required in the town of Telluride to do business. Got it. And then the final kind of non-budget focused um, action item that will be taking place in the afternoon has to do with water and sewer service. Can you share what that conversation is going to be about? Yeah. So for those who've been paying attention to what's going on at the county, we're finally getting um, the ordinance brought to the town council that has to do with extending water and sewer rights to uh, the new proposed Genesee Properties development. Um, That is regarding the Society Turn Parcel, which is basically the big lots um, that are right at Society Turn where the wastewater treatment plant is. And this project, um, if approved, would provide a a piece of property for the hospital as well as expansion for the wastewater treatment plant and quite a bit of um, commercial and residential development there. But in order for that development to happen, the town of Telluride has to in, you know, connect that development to our water and wastewater uh, treatment plants. So it will be, uh, if, if this is new to you, if you haven't heard about this uh, big development project before, this would be a really good meeting to tune into to get an overview. Well, it is definitely a very kind of in the weeds on a lot of important topics. Uh, town council meeting on Tuesday. So Geneva, thanks for taking a couple minutes and we'll see you in person on the airwaves or on Zoom on Tuesday. Sounds good. I just want to throw out a PSA. Don't forget to make a plan to vote this fall in the election, first week of November. The National Emergency Alert System is preparing for a nationwide test, which will impact radios, televisions, and cell phones across the country. The test is scheduled for Wednesday, October 4th at 12.20 p.m. Mountain Time, and it will last for half an hour. The San Miguel County Sheriff's Office is notifying area residents of the test in the hopes of avoiding potential confusion. During the event, mobile phones that are within range and use a participating cell carrier will receive a text message alert. Meanwhile, TV and radio stations will play a quick one-minute recorded message, which will likely sound familiar to public radio listeners. The leaves are turning, low clouds are rolling through the canyon. The air is cool and damp. It's the spookiest month of the year, and horror is closing in on us. On Monday, the Telluride Horror Show announced its 2023 lineup. 
There will be 19 feature films and 35 short films this year with a number of guest authors and special guests. Films include All You Need Is Death, an Irish film following a couple who seeks forbidden knowledge, specifically the desire to possess songs that hold the power of modern magic. When they find an elderly woman who sings the songs that have never been heard before, they open the door to an ancient evil. French film Vincent Must Die is having its Colorado premiere at the festival. Vincent is an average guy living an average life, working an average job, when he begins getting violently attacked by random strangers for seemingly no reason. Suitable Flash is also having its Colorado premiere. Directed by Joe Lynch of the 2017 horror show film Mayhem, Suitable Flash follows a successful psychiatrist who murders a young patient. Now in a psych ward, she recounts a tale of erotic attraction, out-of-body experiences, ancient curses, grisly deaths, and unspeakable evil, all leading to more murders. Short films will look at cults, a cold winter, and video games. The Telluride Horror Show will take place in Telluride October 13th to 15th. The first Tuesday of another month is once again upon us, which means it's time for the next installment of the Bardic Trails Poetry Night. Tomorrow, October 3rd, the monthly meeting of the Talking Gourds Poetry Club will feature Seattle-based poet Carolyn Wright. Throughout her career, Wright has traveled widely, teaching at various institutions both in the U.S. and abroad, and has authored nine books of poetry, some garnering major prizes. Following a reading by Wright, participants will be invited to share a reflection or poem of their own. The prompt for October's gathering is release. Tuesday's event takes place on Zoom at 7 p.m. Register at telluridelibrary.org. Denver authorities are working to support a recent surge of migrants arriving in the city from the U.S.-Mexico border. KOTO's Lucas Brady Woods reports Mayor Mike Johnston wants to make it easier for them to get jobs. Johnston said the increase in arrivals is partly because Texas Governor Greg Abbott has been sending busloads of migrants to Denver. Upwards of 350 arrived in the city on Thursday. Many migrants have moved on to other cities, but Johnston said those who stay should be able to work. One of the first things I hear when I talk to newcomers is they will say, first and foremost, where can I get a job? I want to work. All I want is a chance to work, support myself, support my family. I don't need any charity. I just need a job. The federal government recently granted temporary protective status to Venezuelans who arrived in the U.S. before July 31st, allowing them to get work authorization. Johnston said his team will shift its focus to helping them and others access jobs. The city is currently sheltering more than 2,000 migrants. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Denver. A new survey of farmers and ranchers that use water from the Colorado River shows they're concerned about shortages. KUNC's Alex Hager reports those water users also trust local agencies over the state and federal levels to work with them on the issue. The Western Landowners Alliance and University of Wyoming polled more than 1,000 irrigators in the region. About 70 percent of them said they're already working to respond to water shortages, but the vast majority aren't aware of or aren't using programs that would pay them to use less. Drew Bennett is one of the study's authors. If we have an increase in awareness, that might translate into greater participation, you know, an opportunity for, for solutions in the basin. 
Getting the buy-in of growers will be pivotal to solving the Colorado River crisis since agriculture uses about 80% of the river's water. I'm Alex Hager. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for rain and snow showers tonight, with minimal accumulation and a low around 30 degrees. Tuesday brings a chance of snow in the morning, gradually giving way to sunny skies with a high near 50 degrees. Tuesday night calls for partly cloudy skies and a low near freezing. Wednesday expect sun with a high in the mid-50s, followed by a mostly clear night with a low near freezing. This has been the news for Monday, October 2nd. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Hello, Coto listeners. I'm Suzanne Chevins, Communications Coordinator for San Miguel County. San Miguel County is excited to announce that the work on the East End Master Plan is nearing the finish line. Planning department officials and planning consultants, Design Workshop, have announced the release of the latest draft of the East End Master Plan, the newest iteration of a planning and vision document that has undergone an inclusive and open public process that has been underway since last fall. The East End Master Plan will replace the 34-year-old Telluride Regional Master Plan, a document that lacks modern planning elements such as sustainability and resilience. Additionally, since Tramp's adoption in 1989, the east end of the county has seen significant development, including the advent of the Telluride Regional Airport, the Lawson Hill Deed Restricted Subdivision, and the incorporation of Mountain Village. The recent release of the latest draft comes after nearly a year of not only meetings of the County Planning Commission, but a host of public outreach events, a survey, and results from focus group discussions on topics that included tourism, housing, environmental stewardship, inclusion and livability, among others. We're pleased to note that more than 1,000 county residents have participated. As the county works toward finalizing this important planning and vision document, public input continues to be the highest priority. We encourage interested citizens to read the latest version at bit.ly backslash 45AHI capital PS and email comments to planning at sanmiguelcountyco.gov. And on Tuesday, October 3rd, there are two open houses scheduled at Wilkinson Public Library, which will provide another opportunity to weigh in. Please drop by to speak with planning officials and representatives from Design Workshop. Open house hours will be from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. and from 4 to 6.45 p.m. We look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.